you're listening to The Private Citizen, a civil liberties podcast. This is episode 141 for Tuesday, the 17th of January, 2023. How LastPass made itself obsolete. Hello, everybody. My name is Fab. I'm coming to you live from Düsseldorf in Germany. I'm your host. My full name is uh, Fabian Alexander Scherschel. Just call me Fab. That's that's way easier, I think. Um, and today, tonight, whatever time it is where you are right now when you're listening to this podcast, unless you're watching it live, although then it could also be another time. You know, I don't know what time zone you're in. Anyway, <laughs> um, tonight on this um, Civil Liberties podcast, we are going to talk about IT security because uh, I write about that a lot. And to be honest, uh, it, it's kind of important. And um, yeah, it's important to be secure. And, you know, I talk a lot about, you know, free speech and all this kind of stuff, but it's it's also uh, very important to keep yourself secure, you know, um, because uh, to be free, you kind of need to be secure as well. You know, we need to kind of, if you're, if you're gonna get hacked by the spies, that's not gonna be, that's not gonna be good. <laughs> by the FBI or whoever, uh, you know, or or just some some guys who in, just encrypt your computer. That's also not 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 something we want. Um, so so in this episode, um, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, LastPass. Uh, there was a, a big news about a security issue that that happened and um, blew up kind of in the tech press uh, just before Christmas, and um, I wanted to talk about that ever since because i think it's an important topic i think password managers are important to all of us i think we should all use them but i'm going to get into that a little bit in a little bit but um yeah um so i'm gonna i'm gonna dive into that one of one of the reasons this for me is also um not only um this is obviously a topic close to my heart um and something i feel is um it's very important for everybody but also it's been kind of I mean, this is the theme lately. It's it's not been covered well in the press. And I'm including, you know, the very specialized tech press here, um, including some people I used to work for, um, you know, where it's likely been just been, um, you know, just, just, there's, there's been blow-by-blow blow accounts and, and all these stories, um, some of them quite um, panicky, um, but like that i haven't seen a lot like you know useful stuff for just the normal uh private citizen as it were you know maybe not a techie or you know the 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 the, the just easy simple takeaways what happened um what you need to do now i'm saying this um but of course um this 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 probably will be another like one and a half two hour episodes well, this is not going to be short either um but I'm, I'm trying to just give you what i think is important and, and also go into um into the details i think are important um also i got of course um i have the luxury of uh, because you know i took some time off over the over the holiday break as i always do and then i was kind of involved with the twitter files and some other stuff um i'm a bit late to the party so i have to like i like doing that though um, this is kind of my thing uh, so i have the lux luxury to look over everything and i uh, think about it a little bit and you know hopefully present uh 
everything everything you need to know on this topic um before we get into that though a uh, quick um uh, note here i was i almost said hint but that would be wrong a uh, quick note here uh, there won't there probably i'm 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 like 95 sure there won't be an episode next week uh, i got some important stuff i need to take care of which will probably prevent me from even recording an episode next week and um i don't think i can i can maybe get a second episode in before that but i don't think i'll be able to pre-record and release one next week so just so you know um yeah and uh, as usual if you go to private citizen press there'll be sh- the show notes for this episode uh, including all the links um, all the quotes i give and you know links to the live recordings i say that even though the you know i i live record this on twitch um, and then um, upload it to youtube later i haven't done that for the previous episode uh, i just haven't had time but I'd, i'm probably just going to do these two in a row so it, it, it'll it'll be there um at some point but you know with, with that out of the way let's get into the uh, the topic at hand here So before I want to talk about LastPass and what happened there and, and why why it's important and why everybody who used LastPass in the past or is using it now needs to know, um, I want to preempt that by just telling you why you need to use a password manager. And um, cheers, by the way. I'm having some, some lovely red wine here to go with this security debacle tonight. <laughs> um, yes, so... Um, before we get into all the trouble that happened, so if I just did that, right? If I just told you what was wrong at LastPass, um, you you could get the impression that that password managers are just not a good idea, but that's wrong. They are. I think everybody today in these times needs to use a password manager. Um, that's just a fact of how our lives work. You know, we do a lot of things online these days. Um, we have a lot of digital. Um, accounts that are very important that are essential to being you know a citizen in state and you know having a bank account and all these kind of things Um, and those those need to be secured and just the effect of life is the effect of how the internet was built you know the internet was kind of just randomly cobbled together built on top technologies built on top of technologies which means we're securing all of this now with passwords that's just the way it is everybody says passwords are bad and we we need to get away from passwords you know i have some opinions on that but i'm not going to go into that today um suffice it to say that i think passwords are here to stay for a while and we need to secure them and the way to do that is with the password manager now uh, most of these password managers, I mean, you can use some that are um, offline or that you like to store the data yourself. But, you know, generally, if you use a password manager, it that will mean it will store the actual data, the, the passwords in an encrypted fashion uh, in the cloud, uh, which is not bad. Um, that is in itself. Some people say that is that is stupid and you shouldn't do that. Um, but. I think that is completely fine and we have developed technologies to do this safely. The rest of the show I'm going to talk about how not to do this safely, but like before I get into that, I want to just reassure everybody that there are technologies to do this safely. I mean, you can use 
um, password managers offline um, and like, you know, kind of synchronize it manually. But if you're not an insane nerd, right, this is not something um, that you can do. I think you, you have to be like completely completely insane to do that i mean you can uh it's not it's not insane in a bad way per se um it's probably it can be more secure um but let's just assume we're talking about normal people here uh you know um i mean I, i've done offline password management in the past but i'm also a bit of an insane nerd so <laughs> um you know let's let's talk about like normal people here normal private citizens off the street so we need to kind of um you know it, we need to live with the fact that everything in it security is always a trade-off between convenience and security and you should never be too far on one side of the spectrum you should never be too too con you should never use technology that's too convenient because that mostly needs means most of the time means it's very insecure you also shouldn't use technology that's or you basically if you're if you're a normal person you can't use technology that's too secure because there's no absolute security the only absolute security in it systems is like a system that's turned off not connected to the internet, basically a brick that's very secure, uh, but not very usable. So there's a trade-off. And, you know, you have to be aware of there's always a trade-off. And so with password managers, um, we have to make a concession to it being convenient because otherwise people will not use it. And I could include myself in that regard. And because it's safer to use a password manager than not to use it, um, you know, we need to make some concessions for um, convenience. Um, basically, what you basically need to do is you need to basically... What, oh, my God. I use that word too much anyway, but that was horrible. <laughs> um, what you need to do is you need to think about what you're defending against and who you are defending against with your setup. And you also need to understand what password managers don't do and what they never defend against and um uh, one of these things is local attacks so a lot of people have this misconception that a password manager should defend you yourself against um local attacks um you know and and protect against that um whether it be running on your desktop or your phone or whatever um, and that is just simply not what a password manager does um when when an attacker is already in your system all bats are off uh, it goes for phone as much as for a desktop because it doesn't really matter at that point what the password manager does if they're in your operating system they can you they can do key logging basically they can see what you can what you're typing on your keyboard or entering in your phone and then you know i talked about this in a previous episode uh, on um on uh client what's it client side Oh God, now I have to look this up. Luckily, the show notes have like these tags at the top, right? That's the security tab tag. So it was some at some point under security. So I can just do some research here. Private citizen press. Um, so yeah, um, I talked about this uh, in episode 70 um, where uh, I discussed client-side scanning, which um, is kind of like a similar thing. thing. It's like that's a way to attack end-to-end -end encrypted messengers and 
it's kind of the same problem. It doesn't matter how well the messenger is, uh, you know, is encrypting something or even how secure the actual messenger app, let's say, on your phone is. Uh, if an attacker is inside your phone, inside the operating system, um, they can get the message between the app encrypting it and it being shown on your um, on your screen. And in the same way here, it doesn't matter how secure the, the the actual password manager is. They can basically, if they're in your system, they can see you typing the password in before it gets encrypted and goes into the password vault. So in, in, at that point, all bets are off. So it's it's important to understand that, you know, password images don't defend against that. And also, what are you defending against? Uh, criminals who want to steal your passwords to, uh, you know, impersonate you, uh, to steal um, money, um, I don't know, cryptocurrency wallets, um, trying to hijack your accounts. Um, are you defending against that or are you defending against um, state-sponsored actors like intelligence services? Um, the latter one, if the password manager is well done, you know, it, well, it depends on what kind of computing resources they have to crack um, encryption as well. But like, it's probably defending well against that as, as well. But because it doesn't defend against attacks on your local system, you always got to be aware that an intelligence service can um, just attack you that way, right? They can just put a Trojan on your system and don't even bother with decrypting a password wall if they actually want to attack you specifically, which, you know, in that case, you get probably have to be like a dissident or some kind of investigative journalist or something. Um, uh, oh, uh, maybe I should be careful. <laughs> no. um, but, you know, that's, I mean, you're, you have to be, they don't do that to Joe Schmo. Um, so, but, but if you're defending it, if you really are defending against that, you have to be aware how difficult that is. Aside from software, you know, they can always, you know, if they actually, if an actual, like, the, let's say the an intelligence service of the state where you where you live, uh, they could always, like, break into your flat and put a little, um, I mean, back in the day, they would take your keyboard apart, put something in there. These days, they just, oh, I think, splice open the cable or whatever, or put it in the USB socket, put a little chip in there. Um, so, you know, at that point, all bets are off. And um, before I go on here and we talk about LastPass, one last thing I also want to mention, because, I mean, lots of people laugh about this, but um, if you go on Amazon, for example, you find, like, lots of paper password books, you know, like little moleskin-type notebooks where you could enter your password. And I would buy, I would not recommend buy, to buy one of those because I don't think you want your password book to say passwords. But... You know, having a paper notebook is not something where you write in your internet password. It's not something you should laugh about. I mean, people make jokes about that, but that is a valid method that might work for some people, especially people who don't have that many websites. Um, you know, um, people like our parents, maybe. I don't know, depending on how many websites your parents use. But, I mean, this is a valid um, security measure um, that 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 works and that has the added benefit. I mean, it can be inconvenient, but it has the added benefit that it's complete. It's unhackable. It's like completely. Um, well, it's not. I mean, they could hack your system and then see when you enter the password, of course. Again, but like they can't get your password vault. It's not stored on the internet. It's stored in your desk. 
Uh, the downside is anybody who's at your desk can probably uh, get to that. So it's a different, it's always, you know, security is always tra trade-offs. But I wanted to mention that because that is a valid thing to do. Um, that is not insecure in itself. Um, it, 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 it might have different um, insecurities than having a password manager, but also it doesn't have certain insecurities that a password manager like LastPass has. So why are we talking about this? What happened at LastPass? Let's get into that. As uh, Astro sees commenting in Twitch chat, of course, I'm broadcasting this live, as I mentioned, similar to the Triton 2 post-it note on the screen. Yeah, um, although, you know, that's a bit sloppy. The, the main problem with that is it's just sloppy. Having an actual book and thinking about this is kind of more like a... It's more like a... I would... I would the post-it is, you know, also a, a metaphor for being... Uh, having bad password hygiene so to speak uh, i would um i would more um maybe um put it in the same league as having a, a tan list you know which is still um probably the most secure way to actually you know do banking this kind of banking having tan um is on a list on a paper list certainly more secure than getting like uh you know sms messages on your phone um so you know, these things have their uses. I just want to mention that. And of course, I also wanted to mention that, you know, password managers are a good thing. I'm going to talk now, I'm going to talk in depth about how one password manager um, fucked up, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't use them. On the contrary, you should use them. And at the end, I'm going to give some um, alternatives to LastPass that I think are, are, are good and usable. Uh, but first, let's go into... Um, how LastPass failed, what what happened here. So um, LastPass is probably, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's the most popular password manager in the world, which makes it a huge target. So the fact that they've been breached and hacked a lot of times, it's really not surprising because if you want to get a lot of pa passwords, um, you know, LastPass is your number one port of call, um, you know, which which is why they have a big target on their back. Um, and they have been breached uh, over a dozen times since 2011, uh, which was the, when the first documented breach was, I think. Product has been was released in 2008, as far as I can tell. Um, but the most serious attacks happened uh, last year, uh, which is the ones we're going to talk about. So first we had in August, we had a relatively... Um, uh, benign sounding um, incident report um, LastPass informing users of um, of an issue um, I'm, I'm reading from Wikipedia here who has a good page on, on LastPass and, and these kind of breaches so uh, it says there on August 20, 25th 2022, LastPass published a blog post notifying customers that a third party gained unauthorized access to portions of their development environment, source code, and technical information through a single compromised developer account. Now, this was reported at the time, but at that moment, you're not, you know, that's not good, especially for security um, relevant software, but it's also not the end of the world. At this point, nobody was guessing that users and, and certainly their passwords. Uh, were affected. 
Um, but what happened is that the data that got misappropriated in this breach um, led to a second attack. And this is the bad one. This was first publicized in November by LastPass. And then shortly before Christmas, we got details. Um, some people were saying that they released this before Christmas on purpose. Uh, so as kind of to fly under the radar, I don't think that was the case because, you know, as you saw, it was still widely reported and there was big panic about this. Um, it just looks like if you look at the previous hacks and you know when they happened and then when they released the statement and then they released more details, they have some kind of, they have a timeline. There's kind of like an interval of a few weeks that always happens where I guess, you know, they have probably external companies who do who do this kind of uh, investigation into these hacks and um, as, as you should do, um, as you should have. It's a big company, especially one that is uh, security, um, you know, uh, sensitively that, that, you know, does security sensitive software like LastPass. So I, I don't think at this point, I don't think that was malicious. Um, but anyway, so so shortly before Christmas, um, they informed um, the uh, everybody in the press users that wrote a blog post. Um, again, so uh, Wikipedia again says, in November, LastPass published updates on the security breach and stated that some customer data was accessed by a third party. LastPass assured users that passwords stored with the service were still secure. The encryption and decryption of passwords takes place on the user's device. This wasn't the full story, though. In December, LastPass reported that the actor obtained the, the attacker uh, obtained a backup of customer data and the customer vault data, the password databases, databases, by using some of the information obtained in the August breach. The customer data included customers' names, billing addresses, phone numbers, email addresses, IP addresses, and partial credit card numbers. The vault data included for each breached user unencrypted website URLs and site names and encrypted usernames, passwords, and form data for those sites. So when they talk about uh, um, credit card numbers, they don't talk about those from the vault, right? Because some people have that in the last pass vault. They talk about, you know, from the billing data, like last pass billing data. According to the report, the stolen info did not include the user's master password, which would be required to access the encrypted portions of the vault data, such as usernames and passwords, and which LastPass does not store. The report suggested that providing a strong master password and many rounds of encryption were applied, it would take millions of years to decrypt the passwords. Um, yeah, we're going to go into that. The report did not reveal when the vault data backup was made, uh, when the vault data was stolen, how many users were affected, which fields in the vault data were encrypted or not, nor if the vault metadata was taken, including numbers of rounds of encryption used on the encrypted portions of the vault. Actually, we know that um, this is actually Wikipedia being, or the guy who wrote this, or gal on Wikipedia being dumb, um, because we, I mean, we're going to talk about these iterations, um, the numbers of times you run this password encryption function i'm going to go into that later uh, we know that you have to know that to encrypt um or decrypt so that's always stored with the encrypted data that's not that's not um secret information it, it can't be because the algorithm needs that to do its job um now this whole thing raises 
both security and privacy issues. The, the privacy issues is one of the reasons why I'm talking about this on the show as well. Um, not only because I think password measures are important, but but also um, because that is an important um, issue that I think concerns people. And, uh, yeah, I will get into that. But first, I want to talk about the security issues because that's the more important uh, point here, especially if you use LastPass or have used it in the past. Um, now, first points, two, two, two points in the beginning here. Um, sorry, I'm a bit discombobulated today. I don't know. I don't know why, why, why I keep talking shit. And now I'm almost spilling wine on myself. I don't know. Today has been, um, it's been a, a pattern all day. Um, yeah, um, I've been throwing money around in shops, like trying to pay and just throw it all over the place. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, um, so... Let's first talk about the security issues. There's two points uh, we have to ma make here right off. Since LastPass, LastPass did not tell us how many password vaults were copied, um, you know, we must assume it's every single one. Right? Everything uses compromised. Um, if they want to dispel that notion, they can tell us. Um, I mean, I'm certainly, I do have a, I had a LastPass account. I've deleted it since. There were only old passwords and I haven't used it in years, but um, I haven't gotten any emails from them really, just a very generic one. Um, and um, yeah, so they haven't told anybody. So I think we have to assume that everybody's vault's been compromised. They're also not saying when this backup that the guy, so the guy uh, that hacked them or Gallo or I don't know, state security agency, whatever, um, whoever did it um, got into like a developer account and basically they went to a, a service that stores backups for LastPass. Not only for LastPass, but they they are part of GoTo. It's just like GoToMeeting and stuff and they use the same backup um, infrastructure apparently. But like, um, so they, 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 they made off with the backup of users vaults let's assume everybody's vaults but we don't know when this backup was made so we don't know um like was it the at that point we're talking i don't know between august and november let's say september of 2022 was it like the current like your september copy of the vault was it like t two years old was it five years old we don't know and because of that um so the security of the vault hinges on your master password because we don't know like at what point this vault was taken we don't we have to assume like if you think if you have a LastPass account and you think back what you used as a master password over the years you have to assume that the weakest one was is the one you know you're always in the security like you, we're looking from the um point of the person who who is attacked or who's potentially being attacked um so we, to, to be prudent, and especially as a journalist, I always do this, but like as a user as well in this case, to be prudent, we have to assume the worst. I'm saying that this is not, maybe they didn't take everybody everybody's walls. Maybe you're not affected. Maybe it's the most secure of the different passwords used in the past. The only thing we know it's, you know, from, I don't know, it's got to be before August or whatever, right? Um or before November, let's say. Um, so anything you change after that doesn't really matter. Um, you know, if you, if you change it to a more secure password once you heard of the hack, that doesn't really matter. Um, so we have to assume that, you know, just 
assume the worst. So if you're not affected, it's not your vault. It's a secure password. You know, well, you're you just count yourself lucky. But we'll have to assume that if you use LastPass at some point, you're affected, and that they may have gotten the the copy of the vault with the weakest password you ever used. Um. Now, technically, um, they haven't gotten the password. So technically, the security of the password vault is intact. That's what LastPass means when they say it's going to take millions of years. It's not going to take millions of years. Um, some security researchers who know what they're doing, like people crack passwords for living, for their living, like who make the software that hackers use, all kinds of hackers to crack these passwords, have done calculations and assuming a really good password. And we're talking about a password that is so good that your password probably wasn't that good. Um, assuming that and assuming the best possible uh, levels of security, I'm going to get into that in a little bit, what I mean by that. But like assuming the best case scenario on the side of LastPass and your account and you know, assuming somebody does a serious effort and has several hundred GPUs at their disposal, it's probably in the 200, 300 years range, right? That's, it's not millions of years, it's hundreds of years, which is okay. If that's the point, right? If it takes hundreds of years, uh, you'll be long dead before they crack your password, vault, pass, uh, pass, master password. And then what do you care if they got your password at a point where you're dead? Um, but I'm going to get into some factors that make this a lot worse in a bit. But so technically what happened here is what a password vault protects against, right? A, a password manager um, is a program where you enter your passwords for your websites. And as I said, it doesn't protect against your system being hacked. What it protects against, it, it stores an encrypted um, database of these passwords in the cloud at some provider service and it protects against this provider getting hacked and a hacker running off with that encrypted database, it's, which is what we have here, um, which is the worst case scenario for a password manager. Um, aside from they made a programming mistake and your software, your, your data wasn't actually encrypted and they got it all in plain text, which should never happen really. So leaving that absolute catastrophe aside, this is like the second worst scenario, but it's it's one that the password manager protects against. Um, the problem we have here is that LastPass did that, but they made some, over the years, they made some procedural mistakes um, in how they do that, like how they... Um, you know, stepped up their security, and that presents serious issues for people who use LastPass. Um, because basically what they didn't do was upgrade this process. Because over the last, I don't know, 10 years, or, you know, ever since 2008, when LastPass first came out, um, we made uh, advances. Like the people cracking passwords made advances, the biggest one being um, using GPUs, right, to... To, to crack passwords. So in, in the very early days, you just hashed a password and that was enough. And then people invented rainbow tables, which is um, you, you basically what you do is you, you pre-compute all the hashes. 
you, you go through a list of all possible passwords that you can think about. You you pre-compute all the hashes. I mean, hashing works. And you have a you have a you have a password. You hash that. You get a hash, and you can do it one way, but not the other. So with the hash, you can't get back to the password. But what you can do is you can hash all the passwords in the world, and write down the the, the hashes for that. And once you've done that work once and you've published that list, which is called a rainbow table, you can go back, look at a hash and say, oh, that's that password. So if, if, if a database like this leaks and you've got lots of password hashes, you can, you can figure out the, the actual passwords from that pre-computed list. Now, people invented technology against that, salting, you know, all this kind of stuff. So that's not usable anymore. Um, so we defeated that. But then people came up with, hey, uh, we can instead of CPUs, we can use GPUs, which can do parallel computing really fast, and then we can brute force passwords. And this is not something that was done when LastPass was invented. So they did some steps to mitigate that. But basically, what you have to do is you have to, if you don't do a password manager, you can't just make a password manager and then sell it and be happy and 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 do another project. You have to keep that software updated, or somebody has to. Um, with the state of the art of the people cracking the passwords, right? And uh, that's what LastPass didn't do. But before we get into that, let's have a little um, aside here at this point. And I'm going to explain very quickly. So just so people who are not into this or not nerdy or not IT security nerds can understand um, what I'm talking about here going forward. So I'm going to do a very quick high-level overview, generally how a password manager works, right? So a password manager wants to encrypt some data, your passwords, the URLs of the page you're logging in, a credit card number, whatever. And it wants to do that on your local computer before storing whatever is encrypted, like the re resulting blob of data in the cloud. And it wants to do that locally um, because you do that with an encryption key, right? You, you use an encryption um, algorithm in this case, something called AES, uh, which is based on a cipher called Rheindahl, which everybody uses for this kind of thing, which is very secure. We pounded on this for decades. We know it's good. Um, to do that, you need a key. You feed that into the algorithm. You feed the data into, into the algorithm. You get a blob of data that looks like pseudo-random noise um, that you can just store in the cloud. Like for a long time, I did. I had a local password manager that just generated this blob on my computer and then I just stored the blob in Dropbox because I don't I didn't care like even when I figured out who is a Condoleezza Rice was on the board of Dropbox I don't know I did like I don't Donald Trump could have run Dropbox I don't care because I just stored a blob of pseudo random data there that nobody can ever decrypt um, without that key now the problem that password managers have is um, you could just use an encryption key but um, you can't store that. You can't store that key safely, right? How do you how do you going to do that? So so my problem. I'm on a desktop computer. Um, I have a password manager here. Um, let's say we don't use a password, a master password. We just use an encryption key, and I enter that. Like I have that stored as a file on my computer, which is a problem in itself. But let's just assume that for the moment, and I enter that into the password manager to unlock it, to, to open it, you know, to put new passwords in, to read out passwords. Um, 
Okay, that kind of works. But now I want to also use the same passwords. I want to synchronize it with my phone, which is what password managers do. They're available everywhere. You know, they synchronize your passwords over all available systems that you have. Um, how do I? How am I going to get that file on the phone? Right, these days where you know nobody plugs their phone into into the computer and uses I don't know back back in the day on Android I could just mount the file system or you know on, on iOS I'd have to use iTunes and you, you don't want to synchronize that file around because if you lose that file everybody anybody can decrypt that password vault so what people came up with um, basically because you can't store the like storing the encryption key with the password world that blob of data would be like um you know having a, a locked box with your valuables in it and then storing the key next to it right anybody who has the box has the key can just open the box so you can't you can't store that key so people came up with an ingenious idea which is called a key derivation function uh, or uh, i mean the most famous one is the pass password based key derivation function and uh, pbkdf we use pbkdf2 or lastpass uses many almost all password managers use it um, you can use other functions that are better whatever let's not get into that but a key derivation function what it does it is it takes a password you know you have one password the password for your password manager that you have to remember uh, it takes that password and it creates an AES key and uses that to encrypt and decrypt your data. And it never stores that key because it doesn't have to. You have a little uh, a program or a uh, a piece of JavaScript running in your browser that when you want to open your, your your password vault on the website or in in the app on your computer or on your phone, um, you enter the password, your password, and it uses this key derivation function to generate the encryption key on the fly in RAM and uses that to unlock. It doesn't save that anywhere. Um, and that's how password managers work. So that's the underlying, um, you know, innovation under password managers of, of password managers that kind of sync your passwords everywhere. Um, and that, that that's the promise that you just have to remember that one password. And that is ingenious, and it works really well. Um, and that that system in itself works really well, and the encryption works really well. Like, you know, AES encryption, um, we, we've we've solved that. We've we've worked that out. We know how to do that securely. And LastPass did all that, but what they didn't do is this this general. Um, principle of t of taking your master password creating an encryption key uh encrypting or decrypting your password vault right just fetching that encrypted data from the cloud uh encrypting decrypting it locally they did all of that but you kind of have as i said before you kind of have to keep that up to date with current developments and so one thing they did do when LastPass started um they used something called so there's there's different ways to encrypt with AES in that way. So there's, there's for example, uh, the LastPass used to use AES ECB, which is called, that's an electronic code book. That's a way of um, doing, well, um, 
AES is a so-called block cipher, and that's a block cipher mode. If you want to know how all this works uh, in detail, go to privatecitizen.press. I got links in the show notes. But basically, what you want to use these days is called AES CBC. Um, and what they used is uh, AES ECB. Now I just now forgot what CBC stands for. Uh, cipher blockchaining, right? So cipher blockchain is what you want to use. Electronic code book is kind of out the window it's not state of the art anymore now um when LastPass started out they used ecb uh they haven't updated that for a significant amount of users it seems um they also and this is much more important um so the way these these um key derivation functions work is you don't use them once you use them a lot of times and these days you lose, use them a lot of times when LastPass started, they used uh, PBKDF2 once, which was kind of the way to do it back then. That's, that was considered secure. Um, at some point, they upped that to 500 times, 5,000 times. Now they use it like 100,000 times, roughly. Um, and that's even not considered secure anymore. And this is because of GPUs. Because basically, you have to crank up that number. You have to... Um, because basically, you're doing it one way, you know, let's say 500 times, um, which is uses uh, some computational resources. To do it backwards, to crank it, takes a lot more time. Um, so you just do it 500 times, which on your computer just takes a few milliseconds. And then to undo it will take, you know, instead of 20 seconds, we're now, you know, when you do it once, we're now talking, I don't know, a few weeks. And then if you do it 5,000 times, we're talking, you know, a few months or a year maybe and then now if you do it a hundred thousand times we get to the like 200 years number and you can even do it like a million times and then we're in the territory where you know you probably can't really crack it anymore um so what LastPass didn't do is when 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 they themselves for new users up this number um, and said, okay, so uh, now we have to do it 500 times. We have to do this this process 5,000 times. They apparently didn't up, up it for existing users. And one thing they also didn't do apparently was, uh, so uh, they, over the years, at the beginning, they enforced the rule that your password had to have eight characters. And then they realized, well, for a master, I mean, for website password, I mean, for any password, that's too short. But there's a difference between having like a, a, a website password and having a master password for your password world where all your passwords are in. So they started enforcing, or they said they were starting to enforce um, longer passwords, but apparently they never did this, especially for existing users. So I checked this. Um, so I did, before I deleted it, I did have a last password. So earlier this week, uh, I did some checking. And um, I don't know when I used when I started using LastPass. I haven't used it for years, uh, but I still had that vault. I didn't delete it because there really I, there weren't any like all of these passwords. I'm pretty sure, like except maybe two or three that really aren't important. And once for websites that don't exist anymore, like I've changed over the years, so it wasn't really that important to me. But so I had now I had an old LastPass account that that had been around for years. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I didn't start using LastPass in 2008, I'm pretty sure. Maybe 2012 or something. I don't know. Can't remember. 
But my iterations were set to one, which means um, if they copied my last pass vault and you are gonna crack this on like even a machine with, I don't know. I don't even know if you need like a hundred GPUs. Or this. You, can, you can kind of crack this in seconds. At least on like one of these state-of-the-art 100 GPU machines, you could crack my master password no matter how long it is basically in, in, in seconds. Like best case scenario, maybe a few days or weeks. Like so my, my, my last pass is owned. Um, and also I checked um, with the tool, um, I mean, Steve Gibson talked about this on a on Security Now episode 904, 905. And in 905, he has like the listeners of Security Now, one listener built like a tool. You can, you can, you know, you can dump some stuff from, from, from LastPass. You log into your LastPass account, you dump some stuff from the web browser developer console, and then basically the blob of your um, password vault. And then you can check. Uh, the encryption and and pretty much I think about ninety eight percent of my vault was encrypted with ECB, so the old encryption, uh, which has some flaws. For example, um, I mean, read up on it on Wikipedia. All the details are in private citizen press. Doesn't really matter. I mean, you can you can tell like that that if you reuse a password on on certain sites, you can tell that it's the same password. Um, you can't use do that with CBC. But that's really not that important. Like the iteration thing is, is worse because that means much worse because that means um, basically my pro- the protection of my vault that last pass thought wasn't um, wasn't wasn't there. Like I might have uh, might have had a blank password, kind of the same effect. I don't know why. I don't think my last pass uh, account was that old that I signed up when that was still the default. I don't know if like the NSA bit was set and somebody said let's set that to one um, the thing is you can just set that right um, like even if it was at a different more protected setting if somebody I certainly didn't do it would have set that um, to one then you know the next time I entered my password um, it like basically regenerates that key it re-encrypts the vault with like a, a, a weak key and and in, in in another matter if you had set that higher then like the next time it encrypted it would have done that more securely um yeah so so basically what this whole thing looks like is LastPass was by all accounts it was developed by i think a pretty cool programmer who, who started it in the beginning um it was sensible software and and many security experts recommended it um for a long time and i think what happened is they had some state-of-the-art technology and they just didn't keep up with it, right? They neglected to update the security, especially, you know, they went, new users signed up and they had new security guidelines, right? More um, key derivation iterations, um, maybe different password strengths they enforced. Um, They switched to another um, AES mode, but... If you were an existing user, it seems like they didn't upgrade your account security, which is dumb. That is like incredibly dumb. Um, And it really is unexcusable. Um, So the result is that, you know, I don't know if you don't know this, 
I mean, you could check this, but like if if you don't know or you've deleted your LastPass account, but you don't know if like your 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 vault wasn't in the backup, right? You can't be sure at that point what these settings were, um, and if especially if your password didn't have enough entropy, i.e., wasn't too long long enough or complicated enough, this means that probably somebody has your LastPass vault right now and can crack it if they want to. And because this iteration number, as I explained earlier, is kind of not encrypted, it's, it's public, it has to be because the algorithm has to know uh, how many iterations it needs to do to encrypt or decrypt correctly. Um, they can just, you know, the, whoever has these vaults will probably start with the vaults that have the iteration set to one because that was, would be like trivial to crack that. Right? So, so people like me are just owned. I mean, I'm not because... I've changed all these passwords years ago, um, but still, right? This is this is a problem. And basically, what LastPass didn't do was pay attention, right? They they knew that new technology came on the scene. You know, the ability to use GPUs to crank passwords. I also have a link um, about that in the show notes. If you want to read about that. Um, Private Citizen Press, episode one four one, um, and you know they knew that because they updated the settings for some users, but not all of them, and that is the real problem. So the real problem here isn't really the security of well the, the kind of the architecture in itself. They didn't have like a a massive flaw or like a uh, an oversight or anything like that. Basically, they had a good system and they just neglected to keep it up to date, which you have to do when when you do software like this. Um, and then on top of that, they also did another mistake, um, which um, I also want to talk about, which is basically, um, you know, which caused uh, a, a pretty significant privacy issue, which, which I think also we shouldn't neglect. So um, I kind of want to talk about that next. This is another point where LastPass didn't keep up with... Well, I don't know if this was about, you know, keeping up with, with the types in this case. It's more like, I don't understand why they didn't do this from the beginning. So one of the things LastPass didn't do was encrypt certain metadata, including, and this is the most important part, the URL. You know, every password in a password manager generally, I mean, most of these are web passwords, so you you save the password and the URL that belongs to that, you know, your amazon.co.uk and your Amazon password. Um, now, any other password manager I know encrypts this information. And I really don't understand how they couldn't, like, it's, it's, it's trivial to do. You're encrypting the other information, you can encrypt that as well. And, um, as, I mean, as you can see from the screenshot in the, in the show notes where I use that um, tool from, from security now, um, that just works on the unencrypted data. And I mean, the the URLs are, I think, in hacks. I mean, they're encoded because, you know, I have to send them over the web, uh, but they're in plain text. So um, you can see there all the, all the URLs. Um, um, you can't see the passwords, but you can, you can see the URLs. Now, that is huge. Um, because, I mean, that means that anybody who has these vaults can build a 
um, I don't know, a, a profile of users, right? They can probably almost, you know, just like advertising companies can figure out who you are based on what websites you visit. They have all the websites, presumably, that you use passwords for. So all the important websites you visit. So they can build a profile of you. I mean, the, the and without decrypting the vault, this is stuff they just have. Then we, we're not talking like GPUs and brute forcing stuff here. They just have that information because it wasn't encrypted. And LastPass had that basically on their service the whole time, which I didn't know. Had I known that, I'd never used LastPass. Um, I don't think, um, well, it, it wasn't public since at least 2017. I just never realized that. Um, so this was a problem that LastPass knew about and did nothing about. I mean, they knew because it's their, uh, um, you know, software, but also the public knew. So, um, so I think this hack in it, like that fact in itself is probably worth this hack and this attack. Um, even for like, you know, somebody like an intelligence service or a state actor, um, if they got really, if they got all the last passwords, <clears throat> they have data on millions of users now um, on the websites they visit. Um, and that in itself is extremely valuable. Um, it is incredibly handy uh, if you have the vault and you want to crack some of these passwords to figure out who you want to crack, um, you know. Because, you know, if you're hunting for crypto wallets and you can see like there's there's a Coinbase URL in there, right? And if you then see that the, the iterations were set to one as well, like on my vault, then, you know, Bob's your uncle, you're in there, you've got some cryptocurrency. And apparently there's already a class action lawsuit against LastPass and the guy who started it uh, actually says he lost some um cryptocurrency because of this i don't know how true that is um but you know it's conceivable and this is just i mean it makes me paranoid and i've talked about this with some people on the internet over the last few days and and um i've always been somewhat paranoid and then i started you know doing it security research and i realized well you know i got even more paranoid and I never really trust the tech companies. I don't trust any companies, but I never specifically, I'm not like one of these tech guys, techie dudes who um, who thought like tech companies are better companies or they're better, they, they try to better the planet or, you know, because they often say that's some part of their marketing. Um, I never believed any of this. Uh, if anything, that made me more averse to believing that and made me more skeptical. But my already... Like, I started out not having a lot of confidence in companies and in tech companies. But my my trust of tech companies has hit an all-time low in the last few weeks. Because, you know, I've been working through all these Twitter files. And I, I think they're indicative. And I'm going to talk about that on the show at some point as well. Um, it's not only Twitter. It's, it's all the tech companies. Certainly um, all the social networking companies. But I think all the tech companies are pretty much the same. Um, I don't like my trust for these people is at an all time low now. And so that makes me kind of maybe paranoid. Uh, and then I'm thinking, you know, if some intelligence service or like some, you know, 
uh, as they, as some of them, especially in the US, uh, <coughs> FBI <coughs> brand themselves, you know, law enforcement agencies. If they, if they figured out that LastPass wasn't encrypting this data, um, I think they would have probably uh, tried to keep it that way, right? Because even aside from this um, this hack and this attack and, and the, these vaults getting out, we now know, and we've apparently known since 2017, except I wasn't paying attention, that any any intelligence service, any uh, law enforcement agency in the U.S. that, that would have subpoenaed LastPass for some for some data, would have known what any what websites any LastPass user visited. And yeah, in itself, I mean, lots of people have that information, right? My ISP has that information, although that's getting less, you know, uh, with with HTTPS and and you know DNS starting to be secured, but you know advertising agencies have this information so that in itself that is not um like such a bombshell but to me it's just like a huge breach of trust when we're talking about a company that that um prides itself on on the secu- on, on respecting the security and the privacy of its users which you know somebody who, who runs a password manager does like that's what that's what their whole marketing was based upon you know we are secure um we don't even know we can't decrypt your passwords we're not giving that to law enforcement because we can't all of that and then they don't encrypt metadata like this which would have been trivial would have been trivial to encrypt this and that kind of like i don't know makes me think i'm, I'm like and together with I, I i don't know because I can't remember, and I have no way. I, I tried to check. I have no way. I, sadly, I deleted my last class account because I'm an idiot. Uh, before before it occurred to me to figure out how old my account was, um, and I, I tried to look in my email archives, and I can't really can't really figure this out. So so, but together with like the paranoia that I should have joined LastPass at least when their like iteration were at five hundred you know per default and mine are set to one now when we're getting this paranoia did somebody at one point set these to one to to get to get you know to be able to get my passwords more easily or to degrade my sick either probably not but you know <laughs> these days um i don't know i just think that is just un- unexcusable and leaving all that aside never implementing that as a password manager like never um i would say going that extra step but it's not even going that extra step because every other password manager as far as i know does this like i didn't know this and it didn't even occur to me to check because otherwise i would have found this information which has been public since at least 2017 links in the show notes private citizen press um it didn't even occur to me that a password manager would not encrypt that information. Like that's, that's it. That's like designing a car without brakes. And when we don't need any brakes, you're going to, at some point you're going to run into something and then you're going to stop sooner or later. Right. It's like, what the hell? Um, yeah. So with all that out of the way, uh, you probably, if you're still using LastPass, 
uh, you want an alternative. So let's quickly talk about, uh, you know, w w where you can go to and who, who you can, you know, use to, to better take care of your passwords. So um, there are two um, alternatives that I've used uh, in recent years uh, that I would recommend. Uh, the first one being uh, a service called 1Password, um, which, I mean, that's the two I would recommend are 1Password and Bitwarden. Now, I think I'm, I'm personally using Bitwarden right now. 1Password, I think, is better for less technical users. Um, Bitwarden is free. Uh, you get pretty much all of the features free. Uh, one password you have to pay, um, but I think it's worth it. I think the the features, I think the interface is a lot nicer. Um, I kind of like one password. Um, full disclosure, um, and I put this in the show notes as well. Full disclosure, um, I do have uh, used in the past. I have a free account, I have a free family account. Uh, from uh, one password because they have this journalism initiative um, if you're a journalist um, you know in the interest of keeping keeping journalists secure they, they give journalists a free um, family account basically lifetime account and I've used that in the past so I haven't paid for it full disclosure um, I think that is a, um, you know I'm biased because I'm a journalist but you know and especially a poor freelancer like me but like i think that's a really cool uh gesture so i kind of do like him for that uh that said i have switched to bitwarden um which i think is probably if you're a bit more technical um lots of listeners of this podcast probably are um as, as i know my audience um bitwarden's probably more for you it's a bit less polished polished but it is it is open source um And it has the additional benefit that you can host your own server. I think you have to pay for it. I'm using the free version. Free version does all everything I want to do. You know, it has apps for phones and stuff. And does like biometric unlock uh, on the phones and all that. Uh, so, you know, it has all the features that I was used to from 1Password one pa one uh, before that. But um, it... Um, Yeah, it's um, it it does like if you I think if you pay for it you can run your own server so you can host it yourself if you want to do that. Um, of course, if you're doing that, um, that has the downside that you have to secure that server. You know, you know, storing a password vault on that server, um, so you have to be um, like you know, uh, you have to recognize that. Uh, on the other hand, you know, it's just a random server. People will have to find it. It's not like your last pass or like Bitwarden and they want to attack you. And, you know, on the other hand, those guys know to security servers. Well, wait, last pass didn't. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know, I, I think both of those are fine. There are other alternatives, which I haven't tried uh, in recent years. Um, I mean, one password is an open source, but it has a lot of credentials from... Um, Uh, a lot of uh, cryptographers and security experts I respect uh, use it, um, have looked at it, uh, know people who, you know, worked in developing it. And uh, it has a lot of people that know what they are doing, saying these guys 
know what they're doing and they're doing this correctly. And, uh, you know, I think both of these companies uh, are keeping their shit up to date, uh, not like LastPass. I actually, um, I kind of, I didn't know that, as, as I mentioned before. Um, I didn't know that about LastPass. Um, you know, obviously that they didn't keep their stuff up to date, but I kind of had a feeling. The reason I switched is, I don't think, I think it, oh, it was before the acquisition by GoTo, I think. But it's like, they, um, I don't know, they were giving me too much of a corporate vibe at some point. Like, they were too, it, it, it just felt to me that that were too much, like, profit-oriented. It's a weird thing to say, because, you know, these other companies are also companies that want to make money, but you know what I mean, right? There's, there's like companies and companies. There's, there's, there's like smaller companies and companies who f feel more like, you know, they're in tune with what their customers want. And then the, the companies that get a bit too big and they now focus on business and they do all this business crap. I just, I didn't have a good feeling about LastPass. That's why I switched. It turns out it was probably a good instinct, probably too late because they have my vault now anyway, but okay. Um, yeah, so... I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like anything. There's there's people, right? And <laughs> Steve Gibson is one of these uh, on security. Now he always goes on about trust no one. And, you know, there's this buzzword of, of zero knowledge and zero trust. That doesn't exist, right? In security, um, in anything in life, you always have to trust somebody. Always. You're using software from somebody, either they're a company, even if it's open source, Right, you're not like, even if the source code source code was audited, you're not checking that the binary you're running on your system is is actually that compiled source code. Like, you know, there's some very insane people who do this, but they don't get a lot of stuff done generally, or they're Linux kernel developers and they're doing this shit all day. But like, you know, a normal person who also has a job and has things to do can't do that. So you're always trusting somebody. You're trusting the maintainer of that open source project, the guy who runs the project. There could be a backdoor in there. You don't know. Um, you always have to trust somebody. I mean, you know, you're running Windows, you're trusting Microsoft. You're running uh, iOS, you're trusting Apple. Um, they could put a backdoor in there and then all bets are off anyway, as I said at the beginning of the show. So... You always have to trust somebody, so um, you get burned. You know, just it's 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 what happens. It's what happens. Um, what 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 are you going to do if you got burned by LastPass? I mean, um, switch to an alternative. And and if you're like me, like I'm pretty sure that my I have to assume that my account is owned, right? We have to assume because they didn't tell us when the backup was was like taken, like what back from what time frame that backup was they didn't tell us what vaults are as i said in the beginning um compromised so i have to assume my vault was compromised so i have to assume all the you know one one iteration i have to assume all the passwords are compromised um i checked those passwords and i've, I've changed all of the relevant ones and if i was you and it, you know, I would I would also change this password. I don't don't want to tell you to change passwords because that's also bad. Um, also, you know, there's all these initiatives. You know, that for a long time, um, a lot of the press was also writing about. You know, change your passwords. You know, just 
as I said in the beginning, it's all like a consideration. It's all a, um, uh, like everything in like anything in security. It's a um, consideration between convenience and security, and there's no absolutes. So you don't have to change any all the passwords, right? I mean, there's websites where you have shitty passwords and or you have good passwords, but they've been leaked. But who cares, right? Who, who, who like, you know. There's lots of accounts where you logged in to some, I don't know, online newspaper where you had to create an account. So they got your email address. So then you could read the article. But like, there's nothing on there. It's like a forum. Um, like, you know, the worst thing somebody could do uh, would be to impersonate you on that forum. Right. But like, it's not your Twitter account or like your LinkedIn account where like your, 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 um, careers on the line. It's not your bank. Those are the passwords you should definitely change if you're in doubt. Um, but yeah, so like everything, you have to kind of um, have a judgment call there. Um, but I would say assume the worst always, right? And then think, you know, is how important are these passwords? What I'm, what I am, what am I defending against? Now. Whatever password manager you use, if you continue to LastPass, doesn't matter. Any any other, I wouldn't recommend that. But you know, whatever password manager you use, the idea of a password manager is that you have one password that you remember. That's why the one password so called one password, um, and then all the other ones you can just generate in the password manager, make them really long, make them secure, um, and then hopefully I don't have to change them that often. Um, you know, make them random in the password manager. That that's the very idea. But that that whole idea depends on that password, the main master password that creates the key that encrypts everything. That has to be secure. Um, now, just some quick tips in case you're switching your password manager anyway. Um, you might want to, especially you know, if you had the last pass, don't reuse that last pass master password. Take a new one. If you, if you do that, pick a new one. Um, how are you going to make that secure? Now, the rule of thumb is the longer the better. Uh, make it a passphrase. You know, a really long phrase, whatever. Um, you probably want to remember that. I mean, there are some people who just write that down and have that written down and carry that with them in their wallet or whatever. That is also a valid thing to do i make a i create a very long sentence that um i um modify a bit you can like modify stuff based on um you know basically how your brain works um in reality the best defense would be entropy so um the more randomness in the password the better so it doesn't really have to be that long if it's like really random like i don't know if it's like 20 completely random characters, um, that is uncrackable pretty much. Um, as far as we know, it doesn't matter what what problems LastPass had, that is almost uncrackable. The problem with that we have with these vaults and the, the passwords, and aside from all the iterations, is that most passwords aren't just that strong. Um, but like nobody can remember uh, very few people can remember 20 like completely random characters so you know the workaround is just make it long make it 80 like make it a sentence make it 80 characters make it 100 characters um 
And then, you know, of course, um, the the way people crack this is they use, uh, you know, they use to use dictionary stuff. They use like language patterns, like how likely are certain words like they probably these days use like machine learning algorithm or whatever that are trained like on 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 song lyrics or whatever people use you know like passages from books um slogans what whatever so don't use that or if you do like change it in a way um but generally make it long i mean that's the that's the famous I put it in the show notes because everybody mentions this when you when you talk about this kind of thing that's the famous XKCD comic uh, about this uh, horse battery staple don't use that uh, <laughs> password but like you know that explains it a little bit um, there's also some links uh, Steve Gibson actually you know from Security Now who I talked about on the show before um, on this episode um, has a site called Password Haystacks that at the bottom has some good resources on you know password strength and also has like this what he calls a search search space calculator where you can experiment with this kind of thing but generally you know you want a you want a very complicated sentence um hopefully something that can't be found like this on the internet maybe because you changed it a bit or because it's just very long if it's just very 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 long it probably doesn't matter that it's a it's a, it's a, it's a, a sentence from the bible or whatever well-known sentence because you know um the way people crack passwords is they go a a a a a a a a b you, you know they, they they start with short passwords and 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 then you know they never because that takes so much time they never get to the 40 character uh stuff unless you know it's again it's a question of who you're defending against unless you know some intelligence service is trying trying to is actually targeting you and is trying to really specifically hack your password then they're probably gonna try to find out like you know i don't know what what books you like and then they're, they're, they're specifically gonna try every sentence out of that book or whatever but in general, if you have a very long um, past sentence, like uh, past sentence, so that's not not a thing. Um, past phrase is the word I'm looking for. <laughs> you know, you, you're probably you're probably pretty well off. Like that XKCD comic, right? If you go correct horse battery staple, those are English words that you can find in the dictionary. But because they're very, very long, um, I mean, they're not, the entropy in those words isn't high because they don't use all the characters in the alphabet. But they're better than an eight, uh, eight pseudo-random characters probably. Because, you know, you can just, they're just eight characters. And here you have four words how many how many characters is that? One, two, three, four, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirty, forty, fifty. You know, twenty-five, whatever characters. It's uh it's gonna be more entropy, just just by being a longer sentence. So that's why, you know, in general, longer is better. Uh, but you know, I could I could probably do a whole episode on how to do secure passwords. 
um you know if, if people are interested in that i might do that at some point but um i think that's enough for this episode um to wrap it up um use a password manager and you know if a notebook paper notebook is the password manager for, for you i'm not going to laugh at you that is a um sound strategy if it works for you you know you just have to know what it defends against and what it doesn't defend against um you know that might be also a combination there might be some passwords that are so critical but you that you know they're very critical but you don't use them often so maybe you just don't want to put them in your password manager just don't want to put them on an electronic medium at all like you just have those in your notebook right That, that might be an approach uh, but generally, you know, use a password manager. And after what we've learned about LastPass, you know, don't don't use LastPass. You know, use one pa- one password. Use Bitwarden, and don't assume that those are right perfect. Now, I mean, the, we could learn the same thing about them in like five years that they haven't kept up, that they have made some silly mistakes. It can always happen. You know, you always have to trust somebody. It's it's uh, security is always a. Um, a weighing of your options, right? Um, you can just try to, you know, like generally uh, with stuff we do on this podcast, you know, be be critical, stay critical, um, try to make the best decisions in the moment and, and you know, hope for the best and hope, uh, you know, you're not like me and uh, for some reason your, your uh, password key derivation function iteration setting was set to one and you're fucked luckily there weren't luckily i moved luckily there weren't any important passwords in there. <laughs> otherwise i would be really pan- well i wouldn't be panic you know and in that case you change the important passwords right away and then you change the rest um you know it's 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 what it is, I guess. Um, yeah. So if you have some input on this, if you want an episode on on password strength, if you want anything else, uh, let me know. You can do that um, by writing to the feedback email address. I'm going to tell you what that is right now. Well, that was obviously a lie because I played a jingle before I told you. But yeah. Um, if you go to Private Citizen Press, uh, there's a producer feedback section in the show notes. Uh, there's a contact link at the top of the page, and you can. There's ways to contact me, many ways, and I would appreciate very much if you do so because it's kind of important to me. It's, I mean, I do the show for you, and uh, so you know, if you tell me I, I do this, I uh, I'm 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 one of the few journalists that are still out there that work for the audience <laughs> so uh yeah i work for you basically so let me know what you what you want um i had a lot of feedback over the last few months pretty much months weeks uh about uh, the uh upcoming third anniversary episode so on the 5th of february this podcast is turning three years old and um yeah uh you know, people asking what you, what are you going to do for that episode because last year I skipped that because I uh, was finishing my novel, um, but this year I, I won't. Um, so people asking like, what what do you plan? So what I was thinking 
because this is also something I've been asked about a lot over the years. Um, so I kind of want to do an episode where I can explain, I, you know, I did this episode where I explain my background, but I want to, you know, and, um, previously, but I want to go a little bit deeper in like kind of my history in journalism because, you know, I'm very critical of journalists and something I'm, I'm, I'm often asked about and kind of explain why I do this show and, and, and why I do it the way I do it. And, um, yeah, basically build that out to a, a bit, little bit of a wider um, philosophical episode that probably it's kind of a bit navel gazely that doesn't really fit like you know doing another I think I think that would be a good uh, anniversary episode um, so if you have any specific questions about that or if you have another idea or any other topics you find interesting for that anniversary episode or for anything else please contact me let me know um that would be very important to me but you know it's just something people have asked me and i've had on my list for a long time and i thought oh, well we'll just do it why why not do it as a kind of special episode kind of explain that you know explain kind of um how how i became the type of journalist i am now and and why i'm convinced that you know you know i've, I've talked a lot about like the the problems of journalism that I see and I this this I think I will try to be more of an episode um talking about like what I think the solutions are or what like my personal solutions are right why am I doing this um and uh, one of the reasons I'm doing this is because people support the show of course um but also you know that's certainly not why I do the show it's not why I started the show um it's kind of a it's kind of necessary that I can live of it I guess uh to some extent um or you know that that it be a part of of, of my my income so I can survive but I certainly um do it as a labor of love and that's it that's why I do my job in general it's just it's a calling for me more than a job and i want to talk about that a little bit um and i think it would also benefit um anybody listening to the show um just like i did that episode where i talked about you know kind of how i grew up and what my political beliefs are and how my parents like raised me that kind of you know gives you a background and it gives you like a um makes you understand my biases and why i talk about things the way i do Anyway, um, let's talk about uh, supporting the show because uh, I mentioned that. So as I said, I don't do the show specifically to get paid. You know, otherwise I wouldn't do like a listener support to show probably. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, um, it's still something I can, I can need to survive. So, um, if you want to support the show, uh, private citizen or press, the details are, uh, on there. Uh, basically I have a Patreon, uh, that's how you can support the show, uh, best. That's what kind of helps me out. Of course you get it for free. It's a value for value model. Um, you know, you decide what value you derive from it, but um, 
I would like to thank the people that support me in doing this kind of thing. So, uh, you know, here are my Patreon supporters, my showrunners, Sir Galtaran. I feel like I have to salute because he's a sir. Uh, no agenda royalty, Sir Galtaran. Indie Game EX, um, it's my other showrunner. And we have executive producers, Butterbeans. It's a good name. I just love that name, Butterbeans. Jaroslav Lichtblau, Rizal, and Sandman616. Um, and then we have the supervising producers, a 1i11g, name trips me up every time. That's <laughs> probably why they picked that name. Avis, Bennett Piata, Dave IKN, Jackie Plage, John Jonathan, that trips me up every time as well because I'm in English mode, but Jonathan M. Hitai is originally from Germany, so to do, do that justice. Crunkle, Michael Mullen Jensen, which trips everybody up because it's half Irish, half Danish. That's just, that shouldn't be allowed as a name, really. <laughs> uh, and Robert Forster. And then the producers. This is like uh, one of these modern TV shows where they have more. It's like, um, was it that Game of Thrones, uh, House of the Dragon? I noticed this. Um, and I think the Lord of the Rings show uh, almost was even worse. They have like more producers than actors. <laughs> Um, well, here uh, we just have one guy in front of the mic and a ton of producers, but I'm kind of happy because, you know, pay some of my bills. So um, thanks to my producers as well. Uh, Andrew Davidson, uh, Astral C, Cam, Captain Eckhead, David Potter, Dirk Didi, Florian Pigorsch, Joe Poser, this, the German English, this trips me up every time, Michael Small, Mika, Mr. Amish, Rick Bragg, and RJ Tracy. Uh, by the way, the 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 you know German English. I say that because of the 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 uh, the way these are ordered. Uh, that's that's Patreon. I just get it out that way. Um, some of this is um, alpha alphabetic, but like the other stuff isn't. So I like I, I think the showrunners aren't. I I don't know. Blame blame Patreon. It's just not my fault. And then also the associate producers, Barry Williams, D, Jonathan, Johanssonen, Kai C.S., Ricky M., Steve O's, and Vlad. So um, thanks to all of you. Um, I appreciate it very much. Thanks for the support. Um, you keep, you know, that's why you're producers. You're keeping the show running. Of course, everybody's a producer. Also, the people... Uh, writing in and, and providing feedback. But, you know, I, I kind of needed some titles, so I thought I'd, I'd steal those from from Hollywood. Um, I also have to thank ByteMark at ByteMark.co.uk, British cloud hosting company. They provide the bandwidth and the uh, server space um, that enables me to send you this podcast. You know, if, you get, if you're not watching live on Twitch or you're watching on YouTube, um, if you get the actual podcast... Um, you know, the MP3 file that's uh, down to bind mark and I couldn't do it without them. So thanks for that. And yeah, let's let me let's let's get out of here. Um, I'm very discombobulated today. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I don't really don't know where that is. I got up earlier than usual um, and I went bouldering in the morning. I'm really not a morning person, but it kind of works out with my schedule right now but um yeah maybe that's not a maybe doing a podcast on that day is then not a good option in the evening i don't know I'll, I'll have to figure that out anyway um yeah thanks for bearing with me i hope this episode was helpful to you 
um, you know, a little bit of a deviation from what we usually do. But, you know, I tend to talk about IT security topics here as well, if they're important. Let me know what you think about that. And, um, yeah, um, the theme tune uh, of this podcast, I have to mention that as well, because credit where credit's due. Um, I don't have to do this. I just licensed it. I could just use it, but I like to give people credit. So a uh, song's called Acoustic Roots by Raul Kabazali, and I... Uh, it's it's grown very dear to my heart and uh but i want to mix it up so i always play us out with a different song and but this is from somebody who i've played uh before on this on the show uh lupus nocte which is some amazing uh, synth wave on epidemic sound um so this is final run by uh, lupus nocte and um yeah i'll um i don't know when the next episode there, there won't be episode next episodes next week i'm pretty sure um, I'm gonna try to get one out before that, but I tried that last week as well, over the weekend, and it just wasn't happening. Um, but you know, sometimes I have to cut my losses and also spend some time with my wife. Um, it's also important to me. So sometimes that just happens. Um, we'll see. I, I will try, but I, I can't promise anything. Um, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, aim to misbehave and get off last pass. Yeah. 